Hello everyone, welcome to another episode of Seed to Forest. In this episode, I, Gaurav Gupta, Chief Growth Officer at HSEP Foundation, will be speaking with Mihir Gupta, Co-Founder and CEO at Teachment. Teachment is an organization which is focused on expanding the potential of education and they do that by offering education-related infrastructure and solutions. In this episode, you can listen to Mihir speak about how customer obsession has helped them design products and offerings which have been accepted very well by the customers and has helped them. He also speaks about how developing world solutions are very different from what one would build for the developed world and how that has helped them achieve growth. Mehir also speaks about the importance of communities and how they have created many communities of teachers who are co-involved in co-creating solutions and offerings uh, along with teaching. In this conversation, I learned a lot about the importance of communities and how to involve them to co-create your offerings. And I hope you also unlock a lot of possibilities listening to me. Happy listening. Hello, everyone. I have with me Mihir Gupta today, who's the co-founder and CEO of Teachment. Teachment is on the mission to expand what can one achieve in the context of education in the country. And towards that purpose, they work on producing education-related digital infrastructure that many individuals and organizations, right from the K-12 space to even higher education and universities, as well as individuals, creators, and techs can also leverage. Of course, Mihir started this journey a few years back, and in this conversation, we'll learn about what that journey has been. But before that, uh, welcome, Mihir. Thank you for making time. Thank you so much, Gaurav. Uh, thank you for this uh, forum and this opportunity. Uh, love to be a part of it. Thanks, Mihir. So let's jump right into it. I think my first question to you will be, uh, if you reflect upon the beginning of the journey of teachment, right, and look at the idea or the genesis or the problems that you saw, which led to this taking shape, let's just go back in time and how did that all start? Sure, sure, God. So as a co-founding team of teachment, this was a team that was connected to the education space for quite a few years before we started teachment, actually. So one of my co-founders, Payoj, He's also a school friend of mine back from Bhopal. Uh, his family used to run a, a CBSC school in the outskirts of Bhopal in a slightly remote place. And uh, that is where our exposure to education as a sector and a space from the delivery side started. And uh, what, what actually intrigued us over the years, and in fact, Payo spent a good uh, more than a decade managing the school in parallel along with our studies, with his jobs, etc., what really intrigued us was that education somehow became the last sector to adopt technology and get digitized. If you look at the last decade or so, or even if you kind of zoom out to a longer time frame, industries have been completely transformed through, through digitization. If you look at how a bank used to look 20 years ago versus how a bank branch looks today, or let's say how a hospital used to look 20 years ago versus what they're looking like today, completely transformed through technology interventions. But if you look at our classrooms, if you look at our schools, our educational institutions, uh, they pretty much look the same the way they would have looked maybe 50 years ago, in some cases even more. 
So it really struck us that because of a multitude of factors, technology is not getting embedded in one of the most impactful segments of the society. And that is how our journey started to figure out what is the role that we can play, that technology can play in the education ecosystem. So the way Teachment started was, in fact, as a teaching application. So we started in early to mid-2020. This coincided with the time that a pandemic hit the country and the globe. And we started with a very simple solution that enabled teachers to start teaching online. Like we have an application for, let's say, messaging, an application for our social media, an application for ordering groceries. It made common sense to us that there should be a teaching application that simply allows a teacher to teach. So that's how the teachment application started. which so enabled like the Zoom for teachers, right? Built for the teachers for the purpose of teaching and not generic as Zoom uh, in terms of what it was. Yeah, Zoom would cover some aspect of it because video was a big element of what the application stood for at that point of time. But I think it was much more than that. It was a digital replica of a classroom. So essentially, the elements of a classroom, bringing them online from your teacher's identity to the student identities, creating an interface uh, where communication can happen in a free-flow manner, creating an interface where you can replicate your homeworks, assessments, in a similar fashion. So it was, in essence, a digital classroom environment that we replicated. Uh, and that's essentially how we started. The applications start growing virally in terms of teachers adopting it across the country and eventually across more emerging markets as well in Southeast Asia, Middle East, Africa. And it created uh, an understanding in us that essentially mobile-first digital infra that can be adopted by teachers is something that is missing in a massive way. So that is how we started and then a leap into our journey. So yeah, that's the beginning, Gaurav. That's very intriguing, like you said, that the intent here was to replicate the classroom in a digital fashion, right? So when I talk about some of the stories that or the reactions that came from teachers during those early days as this was launched and people were taking to it virally. I mean, so what were some of the reactions that you were getting? Yeah, I think, Gaurav, what has been consistent throughout the journey of teachment is that we've always built the product in sync with our, with our users. So, in fact, for us, the primary persona since the beginning was the teacher. That's the reason why, as a company, we are called Teachment rather than, let's say, Learnment or something else. Because we believe that teacher-centric product development hasn't been focused a lot especially over the last few years. And that is going to be the big differentiator on how you solve for this sector through a different lens. So through the first version of the product as well, this was always built in sync with the network of teachers that we were connected with. So our own teachers, teachers from Payot School, the tuition teachers, coaching teachers that we have been connected with, we started getting feedback from them, first of all, on what do they expect from a teacher application. And second, as we started building the product, continuously getting feedback from them on the wireframes, on the first version of the product that we released. In fact, the, the way Teachment started was not through Google Play Store or the App Store. We started as an APK of an application that we created and gave to a few teachers for testing that can you go and test out this application for us and give us feedback. And what we realized is that even before we listed on the Play Store, 
this APK started going viral on teacher groups, on teacher WhatsApp groups and started getting circulated that this is one application where you can create a digital classroom to start taking online classes, giving homeworks to your students. So I think that two-way communication with the user on what is the pressing need on what is the expectation that has always been in sync in our journey. And in fact, one of the core values of the company is customer obsession. The first thing to keep in mind when everything that we do is keeping the customer or the user interest on top. So yeah, I think lots of feedback across the journey. I think the product has evolved significantly every single week, every single month since we started and all happening through this constant feedback that we receive from users. And there in itself lies a very important learning. I mean, for the listeners that focusing on a particular persona or customer, a set of customers and developing a differentiated offering and taking continuous feedback from them as you're evolving the product itself becomes really, really important. Now, of course, this as a learning is kind of generic, beaten to the death. Everyone knows about it. So maybe in this journey, of course, even during the early stage, a lot of mistakes would have happened. And I think a lot of learning lies behind the mistakes that happen and how you address them. So, so why not uh, share that with the listeners? Broadly, if I look back at what are some of the key learnings that have happened throughout our journey, one biggest learning that we have had is that in order to create a sustainable impact in the teaching learning process, we need to have all stakeholders in loop the process. If you look at Teachment's journey, it has evolved from a teaching application to a full-fledged integrated school platform. And that transition happened gradually over time as we realized that it is essential to keep parents, administrators, principals, and in some cases, even authorities and governments in loop as you build digital platforms that bring teaching and learning, digitized teaching and learning in a big way. So this learning, I think, has been core to how we have started looking at the platform, that it is not simply a digital classroom environment where a teacher and students are coming together. Yeah. It is essentially bringing the core aspects of digitization value-add into this sector, which is effectiveness of how teaching and learning is happening, efficiency with which it is happening, and bringing information parity across all stakeholders. And that is where the platform now caters to a majority of these stakeholders, right? From the administrators, the key decision makers in a school, to the parents, to the teachers, the students, in some cases, even stakeholders like vendors uh, to these institutions. So that has been a key learning to bring together all of these personas onto the same platform. I think the second learning has been that India is quite unique. Uh, and I would say not just India, emerging markets are quite unique in terms of the needs and challenges that you will see compared to how education software and education infra has been built for the developed world. So broadly, I say that you can split the world into two parts. You can split the world of education software into two parts. One is North America, and then you have the rest of the world. On one hand, you have a geography that is oversaw uh, when it comes to education software. And then you have the rest of the world that is significantly underserved. And if you go to the root causes on why we are underserved, why technology penetration has been so low, I think there are systematic reasons behind that. So some of the systematic reasons are factors like we never really had access to devices across stakeholders that would make technology relevant for the masses. We never really had internet connectivity that would enable meaningful experiences over these devices whenever they were available. So I think 
these factors created an inherent barrier to adoption and these are factors that significantly changed over the last few years i think on both of these parameters there has been significant progress and i would say as on today it would be more of a factor of when rather than if for this to be solved across a geography so i think uh, having known this what we are seeing is that there is a reinvention and a rewriting of education software happening for the emerging markets in a sense and this is a solution which is mobile first which is lighter which is agile which has user experience at the center of focus so we realized that the same devices in our case were being used by parents by students by multiple siblings in the same household we realized that vernacular became or the software itself being available in vernacular languages became center to adoption in a lot of regions in a lot of cases so these are some of the unique aspects of operating in an emerging geography that like say a software provider from a developed market would not know or operate in that players in our country have an inherent advantage to understand at the grassroots and solve for and i think thirdly our learning has also been that even as a technology provider your relationship with the education stakeholders the educational institutions that you serve is pretty much a consultative journey because these are institutions that are in very early stages of technology adoption i think there is a wide understanding that technology needs to be adopted there is understanding of the use cases but it's essentially change management that you are doing at scale so it becomes a consultative journey and in that community becomes a big aspect of bringing together uh, educationists bringing together teachers in forums that they can share learnings uh, on really providing thought leadership on what does technology mean and in fact even aspects like if you ask majority of school leaders in the country today they would not understand what nep means for them in the short term or in the medium term so creating forums for them to discuss that engage on that that is something that we realized that community is a key element to to how you serve these stakeholders right in a way you are uh, not just describing how india or most of the emerging markets are different vis-a-vis the west and how they look at their own solutions we looking at india and markets like that they are the needs of the customers within and hence what kind of solutions need to be evolved in their context and while doing so of course keeping in mind the stakeholders so it's not just the teacher but the stakeholders that surround the teachers and also how do you do it in a community fashion so that more voices can come through and how it can all pan out तो अब मेरा नेक्स्ट सवाल इस कम्युनिटी वाले कॉन्टेक्स में राइट बिकॉज दैट्स वेरी इंटरेस्टिंग एंड आई थिंक आजकल बहुत से लोग बात करते हैं कि कम्युनिटी बेस्ड चीजें करना है एंड उस तरह से करना है राइट नाउ ऑफ कोर्स आई एम अज्यूमिंग दिस इज द टीचर कम्युनिटी राइट दैट यू हैव एज द कोर कम्युनिटी व्हिच इज हेल्पिंग शेप दीस थिंग्स एज वेल एज द स्कूल लीडर्स कम्युनिटी एज वेल एज द स्कूल कम्युनिटी द एडमिनिस्ट्रेटर कम्युनिटी यस got it so a few such communities and teacher communities the crux and then of course there are school leaders and some administrators also for whom you have a community now what kind of things surface in these communities right because that itself those who deal with communities actually end up facing as the big challenge ki ye community create to kar diya and lekin ab isko manage kaise kare curate kaise kare how do we ensure that the community gets value from it but at the same time we also get value from it in terms of what we are what we created the community for right ye ye kaise hota hai matlab isme what are what have been the learnings what have been some of the insights that come out based on that i am learning a lot in this conversation hope you are too which questions would you like me to ask 
what areas would you like me to explore further please write to me at gauravatextep.org so i think one of the first thing that we did was we stopped looking at community from the lens of any specific platform we realized that i think community for us is beyond that it translates into different shapes and forms so an example is a community on the application what we saw for teachers was largely used for sharing tips and tricks it was used for resource sharing between teachers that okay i have this great study material that i have created on so and so topic and this can be leveraged by other teachers and we saw huge amount of resource sharing happening in the form of community so massive amount of resource across k to 12 higher ed the teachers started creating and sharing with each other um but i think beyond that if you look at communities for leadership we have two key platforms that we promote as an organization one is called chalk and chai so what we do is we go to district levels so we go and meet schools at district levels across the country and that is where we have these engaging discussions with the school stakeholders there on what is the current state of technology adoption that you have in your institutions what are your expectations from that adoption and here is what is really available in the market as of now that can solve some of your needs and let us brainstorm and co-create on what is it that the roadmap will look like for the next few years because i think it is very important for us to understand that nobody has an answer uh, on what is what exactly is technology in education for the next 10 years we have an answer for let's say next one year two year etc but you really need a bottom up brainstorming and articulation of what is it that the stakeholders really need so we have these region level chapters of chalk and chai that we do to engage leaders and get the flavor from across the country as well um, the second forum is something that are called teach talks so these are again a series of webinars that we do with leaders of progressive schools thought leaders who have already adopted technology to a significant scale in their organization they are ahead of the curve in terms of let's say adopting new tools and processes systems etc and then brainstorming with them on what do they see as working and what is it that is not working and again a lens of co-creating with them so our product team has workshops with them we actively host them in the office have engaging discussion across different teams so i think the biggest aspect of our communities is a sense of uh, number one creating a forum where leaders talk to each other because i think it is surprising to know that there are very little forums in which school leaders actually come together and connect over the year and the second aspect of it is making them a process a part and parcel of the creation process of technology so these are the two elements across that and then this creates a natural dialogue of these leaders reaching out to us to our product leaders giving continuous feedback evolving with time inviting us to their schools to talk to their teachers etc so i think it's more organic in the sense of how we define community rather than let's say just a specific forum or chat group that we would have right but i think it's a work in motion that uh, that we are all working on right now meher uh, you of course spoke about the community angle right and the organization has so far seen the journey of the last 3 years or so right uh, so in its current avatar and when you look at the future what are you excited about and especially looking at some of the things that are coming out of the community which you probably thought will would never have surfaced had you not engaged with them uh, yeah i think what is really exciting gorav and this is true for the leaders who work at our organization what really excites us is that 
we really believe that over the next 10 years the education industry will adopt technology at a massive pace and this is something that we have seen evidence of over the last 3 years in a big big way so the pace at which technology got adopted in the sector really proves that access is no longer a challenge so it's not an access problem anymore for us the problem statement has now shifted to how do you build scalable technologies that sustainably add value to the ecosystem and this is where i think the equation has shifted from let's say 5 years ago where school leaders were really debating do we need technology in our institutions to a discussion where it is quite clear that we need technology in our institutions tell us the best way to adopt that so i think that dialogue has shifted in a big way what is why why technology it has become what technology to, to what technology and how technology as well so i think that is a big positive shift that has happened in how the school leaders look at technology there is a big shift in how parents look at technology as well parents more and more want transparency in the organization in how education is happening with their kids if parents have an application that tells them every single day what is happening in this society who is coming in who is going out it is quite natural that they want to have more data points into their students and to their kids journey rather than let's say having two or three meetings in a year as the only touch points of progress that happens in education for their sons and daughters so i think that that expectation of technology adoption has significantly shifted for parents as well and for teachers i think for teachers today if you talk to them they have a very hygiene expectation that i should not be spending time in activities that are purely administrative in nature that are paperwork uh, that are just consuming in some cases 50% of the time that i'm spending on a daily basis uh, in school or back home so i think uh, this is what is most encouraging that there is a bottom up pull of adopting technology and the second is there is also massive policy shift that is happening in the country that is completely unprecedented i think the kind of policy outlook that we have i think led by nep and then followed by by initiatives like ndr and netf now i think a lot of leadership on the policy side that is going to have a massive impact over how this adoption happens over the next few years so i think this is what excites us we believe that all educational institutions all schools all higher ed institutions in all shape and form in india and in these emerging markets will adopt technology over the next 10 years and we want to power that shift through the through the software solutions that we have awesome in fact here may just wanted to comment uh, on an aspect that you spoke about how you leverage the community and co-create the and design the set of uh, products or the business decisions that you make uh now that's an example of how you leverage what's abundantly available out there right and quite often we in our journeys look at how do we get some feedback or some survey from customers etc cetera, etc cetera. but this is a great example of actually leveraging that what what is abundantly available as communities of individuals to not just give you feedback but also help co-create what can be the next set of propositions but when you looked around and saw that there are so many teachers and so many individuals and organizations that have already made good content are and are willing to contribute change the problem from being a lack of content to how do you find good content in so much that has now become available to you 
right? So I think using abundance as a lens of how to leverage what's around you itself can be really powerful and just wanted to compliment Teachment for looking at that as an aspect to co-create that journey with the customer. No, no, absolutely. I think a strong believer on focusing on the strength and abundance that each one of us has as individuals or as organizations. And in fact, uh, as we started Teachment, we realized that one of the abundance that we had was also a, a good talent network and a good talent pool as well. So me and my co-founders, we came from IIT Bombay and Delhi. We also worked with organizations like McKinsey during the consulting time or with high growth startups like Oyo, Swiggy, etc. And we realized that because of these experiences, we did have network to a lot of individuals who can add to the talent pool of the organization. And we started operating with the lens that let's find like-minded people. Let's tap into this network, find these like-minded people and make them a part of the mission and the journey. If you look at almost all the early people who joined our journey, they were all from our friends and professional network that we had. So if you look at the earliest names, you will see a lot of concentration of, uh, let's say IIT Bombay uh, in the company. You will see a lot of concentration of McKinsey, of Oyo. You will see a lot of Hopal also in the kind of, I would say, geographic spread that we have of people because me and my co-founder, we were one brought up in Bhopal. So we had, let's say, people from our network that we could tap into and get into the organization. So that's another example of, of tapping into abundance and the strength that you might have to contribute to the cause and the mission that you are working towards. No, absolutely. That's uh, fascinating. And you already spoke about the fact that access is no longer a problem. People have access to technology in a way. But at the same time, basic digital infrastructure, which the country enables for all its citizens, which can be really game-changing looking at the future. What's your take on that? I mean, what should evolve in this space? Yeah, I think I would say three aspects of this, Gaurav. One is just basic device access. Uh, which is, I think, uh, Android is a great technology and platform that has scaled significantly in India and other markets as well. I think this is where a majority, a good chunk, I would say a good chunk of access has changed over the last few years and will continue to change in the years that we come to see. And I think there are also initiatives on the government front on how does smartphone penetration increase in the country, how do you improve domestic production as well to make it more affordable in the longer run? So I think there are initiatives on those lines. And uh, my thought process is that for majority of the cases, that should not be a problem uh, statement that we are solving for a few years down the line. So really hopeful and encouraged to see the progress that has happened on that front. I think the second aspect is uh, robust internet connectivity. I think we have come a long way on that front with 5G coming in and the penetration going up across the country, as long as we are able to solve for equity in that, that the kind of data connectivity that I am getting in Bangalore is the same kind of data connectivity that we are getting, let's say, in a village that has one telecom provider. Solving for that will be instrumental in making sure that there is data parity, uh, data information technology parity in terms of people having access to, uh, to data access. And I think the third aspect is going to be policy implementation and taking policy into robust execution through ecosystem partners. I think we have engaged in the past on this, but seeing the way in the pragmatism that our policymakers have on initiatives like NDR as well, where there is a clear thought process that this has to be built with ecosystem partners. I think it paints a very realistic view on what is the future going to look like. 
but deeper partnerships on taking these to scale with ecosystem partners i think that is going to be game changer on how do we really define what the next 10 years are going to look like so these three elements combined together will be quite transformational in terms of taking this adoption to the next stage right and especially just wanted to comment on the third one which is the you know how you work with the ecosystem because therein lies a bunch of diverse use cases for different personas i mean the persona can be of the teacher the parent the student the administrator the school principal and so on and so forth but in that context like you keep discovering there are diverse needs right so it will hence require their problems to be solved through solutions which take care of things like inclusivity diversity equity and for that you need the ecosystem so i think you're just commenting on that point that you know if that policy implementation can really happen in its true spirit it can really enable the end users the beneficiaries but also by working with the ecosystem you actually can create a much better way of approaching it versus trying to do it all by yourself Uh, absolutely absolutely i think the ecosystem partners do a great job of solving for the diversity that you mentioned that is there so in a country like india you were mentioning uh, earlier that india is pretty much a continent in itself if you look at the kind of diversities that we are tackling right what the ecosystem does is that it solves for that diversity when we couple this with foundational building blocks i think that is where you are able to completely transform how an industry outlook looks like so like what we saw with upa what i believe is that we are going to see a similar transformational shift in education with architectural guidelines and architectural initiatives like india coming in and these architecture and building blocks coupled with ecosystem players i think it can be completely game changing on what technology in education will look like i think from being an emerging geography in this front we can be industry leaders global leaders like we did with upi where now it is an example across the globe across countries that other geographies are trying to adopt as well right so in effect you're saying that like you know how aadhar and upi helped india leapfrog in terms of the identity infrastructure the financial infrastructure and be recognized as a global leader india has the potential to help india leapfrog in terms of education and skilling and be recognized as a global leader in this space absolutely absolutely Right. Fascinating, Mehir. Our final segment, rapid fire. Uh, your favorite mistake at Teachment? Um, that's a uh, favorite learning. <laughs> I think uh, favorite learning has been to be completely agile. Uh, so the learning has been that you have a north star in front of you. As an organization, you need to know the change that you're creating and where you need to get to. but you need to be flexible on the path that you take so the pathway may take multiple directions it will take you to different turns etc but as long as the change that you need to create i think it is a, one should be really open and agile in the path that you take yeah your favorite aha moment i think the aha moment uh, on the power of the solution that we are building uh, came to me when i realized that there was a teacher who was using teachment and this was a dentist who is a regular professional in one of the metros and he started using the platform to teach kids who are preparing for their medical entrance examinations and he wrote a good feedback for us in terms of how he is using the platform what are the things that he is looking at so that was an aha moment for me to realize that 
technology really has the potential to break boundaries uh, and create equitable access uh, and realize that the potential for this uh, is, is really foundational. Your favorite uh, prediction looking at the future? Prediction for the future is, I would say, 2030, uh, 95% schools in India are digitized. And give a few years, it goes to 100%. So that's the prediction that I'm looking at. Awesome. Great, Mehir. Thank you so much for candidly sharing your reflections from the journey. It was really helpful. And I think our listeners will also enjoy a lot listening to the learnings that you shared with them. So thank you so much for sparing time. And we wish uh, TeachMate the very best in terms of the goals that you're going after and uh, wish you success. Thank you so much, Gaurav, for inviting me to this conversation. And looking forward to hearing more from other speakers and us all learning from each other's journey. Thank you so much, Mayad. Take care. I unlocked a lot of possibilities in this conversation. Hope it did the same for you. Which leaders would you like me to meet? What would you like me to ask them? Please write to me at gauravetexdev.org. 